0: Grégoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 158 of Smart Enough to Know Better. We're a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. I'm Dan Beeston. I'm Grégoire. And in this episode of Smart Enough to Know Better, I'm going to get pickled. So same as every week, I guess. (laughs) Also, your parenting doesn't matter. And...
1: Empathy? <laughs> More like shempathy. But before we get there, what has happened to you this week in science? Oh my goodness, I had a run-in with preppers. You know what preppers are?
0: Oh, do I know what preppers are? <laughs> do, 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 do I know what preppers what are? What preppers, Dad? Preppers are people who are concerned about the end of the world and are doing something about it. <gasps> they are digging holes, mm-hmm. building buildings underground, and getting old school buses and reinforcing them, buying a lot of guns and working out how to package up a lot of food and figure out which food goes off fastest. And then they're working out what sort of psychological issues are going to occur Mm. with uh, the people involved and they're trying to recruit people with their varying skills. They're learning how to make bows and arrows. They're learning how to hunt. They're learning how to... uh, Yeah, I know what preppers are.
1: (laughs) Well, I ran into some. I got
0: a bit keen... Uh, About a decade
1: ago Thank goodness the world didn't end a decade ago
0: No It's fine now It took me a while to calm down
1: (laughs) Well I was in a local bookstore And I was just listening Very hard to delete a book it's very hard to delete a book. And these people were very nice-looking people. They were all talking to the man at the front counter who turned out to be a prepper as well, and they were all talking about prep stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was just kind of listening in because it was a really interesting conversation. And they were chatting about like what they were going to do and their plans, and, and all the people in that group were obviously working together. They, was, they were loose preppers, basically. They were, hey, if something goes wrong, then we need to meet at this point here, and then we'll all just go there, and we, you know, and they're just discussing stuff. And then I finally went... Well, you know, I, I, I jumped into the conversation because I, I was come up with a book. Well, well my, my plan, of course, is to when the zombies strike, I'm going to cello tape knives to my hands and I'm going to wear a helmet so no one can kill me when I'm a zombie. And, you know, and they were yeah. looking at me and I went, because then I'll be the best zombie ever. And they were, they were laughed. I thought it was pretty funny. Good, good. They, they were like, oh, that's, that's a clever way of looking at it. Well done. And, yeah. like, and then one man went, but it, it, it won't be, it won't be zombies. It, it, it won't be zombies. And I was, I was like, oh, well. I was kind of kidding, uh, <laughs> but thanks. And he's like, no, they're, they're not <laughs> kidding. They, but they were very friendly. They, they laughed and they were just having a great time. And then so we had this conversation about what it's going to be, you know, the fires in Australia or the collapse of civilization, all these sort of things and what they needed. Now, I was talking about how they needed to have like double up on doctors or at least people with vet skills or, you know, sort of medical skills and they needed people have different skills. And I was like, well, how do I get involved in this amazing, can I, can I, can I come? And, and they, they didn't just go, no. They were like, well, what what do you offer? I said, well, I'm a science communicator. So what I teach is science. I'm like, oh, science communication. That could be useful. So, you know, what, what sort of science? I went, like, astrophysics. Like, no. uh, they're like, no. Sorry, that's more of a second wave thing. Like when, when we need to learn things later on, rebuilding society. Like, but I'll be dead then. And you won't have them. And he went, well, that's, yes. I'm very sorry, but no. But don't worry. Because I was like, oh, I'm a bit sad now. You're going to... I'm out. And he said, no, 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 that's all right. Because you know, this, this lady over here, she is an accountant, but she has this amazing skill. that she, She's learned how to make steel weapons. She's a blacksmith and she makes weapons. So, so and that's her hobby. She loves making weapons and she can make swords and armor and she can fix things up so, and fix car you know, bits and pieces. So maybe like a hobby. Like what's a hobby you have? And, ah, well, I write parody comedy plays based on popular movies. Lots of
0: nodding. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, no, sorry. You, no, you can't. You can't come with us. And then okay. I'm, f- I'm afraid in the future, the only currency is going to be small, intricately painted figurines of humans and, and human-like creatures. Yes, right. Oh, my God, I'm in.
1: And, uh, <laughs> but, but, then,
0: but then I sort of went, have you not seen Rain of Fire, where they,
1: men in that actually recreate Star Wars using common household items for the love of children? And he went, well, there aren't going to be any children, so you know there'll be children later on. Uh, but and I went, well, I don't think you'll get any children if you haven't got a somewhere to take your bow. So, you know, you need to have a man who runs the little theatre. Look, we like your gumption, but no, you're not coming. And
0: I was yeah, like, oh. People make out in cinemas, but when the when the actors are on stage, like you've been in plays. Are there a lot of couples like macking on? I've only seen it once. And that were in the front row and it was very distracting. Oh my God, the the front row. Yeah,
1: they were just kissing. And I I don't mean like they were going at it hammer and tongs, but they were, it wasn't just a little kiss. It was like, oh, no, they're they're kissing. They have no interest in what we're doing. And they just like snogging. Anyway, so unfortunately my time with the preppers ended with us going our separate ways. And then, but me hearing this scary thing, like, oh, well, we're going to go to this town. Like what we're going to do is go to this town and and basically ask them if we can stay there. And if they don't let us stay there, then we'll kill them. And I was like, "Mm." my problem with that was, that town they're mentioning is a farming town, and farmers—you don't mess with farmers; <laughs>
0: they'll kill you. My concern is they'll they can't be you. very good preppers if they're letting you overhear them. Well, they were just chatting all about all this stuff. That's exactly, what sort of prepper shares that sort of? This is the this is the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, this is one of the things. <laughs> My wife and I got pretty invested in the TV show Doomsday Preppers, uh, and we were like, these guys—some of these guys seem pretty ready but not ready enough to say no when a TV crew says, can we show everyone your shit? <laughs> yes. Like there's a guy and he's, he's got like holes underground where he can just vanish. In, he'd be in a field and then boom, he's in a, he's in a bug out hole and, he's and broken you his can't leg. find him. No, not, a, not a pit trap, although they do do them. But a, like, a, like a, they lift the lid off and yep. the lid is covered in grass mm. and then he climbs down a ladder and puts the lid back on. You can't find him. He's just one bit of a patch of earth in a big field full of earth. So you, if you're chased, if, if he's being chased, he can just duck out of you down a hole, and people just run across the top. They'll never, they'll never know. Good. But then he just goes on TV and goes, "Look what I did!" Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking idiot.
1: Yeah, there you go. So, so wherever Dan lives, wherever that might be in the world, there's, you're not going to
0: talk about your, your prep situation. i just give him the fucking coordinates. <laughs> That's what you want to do. Maybe what all this podcasting stuff's about, so yes, people can triangulate my bloody location. I think people. Should,
1: what's funny is people forget that what you need is people. People forget you need people, and, mm. and not people to necessarily have magical skills, but have a society. Because I don't think I want to live in a world where you're, like, madly polishing your bayonet so you can fend off the next attack of the mutant people who don't know about your pit trap in your cornfield. They're the people who'll start the world again
0: or something. But they won't.
1: They won't. Can just- you
0: imagine a no, world God. that was sired by doomsday preppers? No, it's, just- it's not worth living no, in. No, it's not. And it won't happen because what happens is people
1: with governments who can actually talk to other people and form little conglomerations of nice people will win. Because this is the thing I find funny about going off topic here, but those silly movies, um, was it Dawn of the Dead? No, Dawn of the Dead, um, Walking Dead, and that sort of stuff. It's always like. We found another group of lunatics who eat flesh and stab each other. And everyone hates each other with a burning passion. And then they kill all those people off. Spoilers. And then they go to the next one of another group of people who murder each other. But this time there's a bit of rape involved. And they're like, what's going on? And it's just, you yeah, know, you've got to find the people who
0: are nice. But it's not going to be Anyway, it, it, it was fun. It was fun while it lasted. I enjoyed my chat with the preppers. That was my week in science. My week in science. Mm. Our podcast was featured on another podcast called Castology. Ooh. Friend of mine. Friend of ours. Been, been just, in our ridiculous place? I just know her. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Associate of Greg's. Friend of mine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Liz. It's not true. Secret concubine of mine. An associate of <laughs> whoa. Greg's. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Gosh, she'd hate to be called a concubine. I, I don't know. Uh,
1: it, it has that sort of sexy feel. Courtesan. Uh, maybe. Uh, uh,
0: let's uh, let's ring think, her up and I find she, out. I think she'd hate being called your concubine. Oh, but... God She would she would balk. <laughs> She would not be delighted. <laughs> so, <laughs> look, I'll just trim it out of the podcast. She'll, <laughs> but yes, she's got a podcast where she and her friends review podcasts. Mm. Very valuable podcast if you're running out of podcasts, which doesn't seem to be a very common problem. Mm. I have just so many podcasts. Although, admittedly, half of them were from listening to her podcast. Oh, there you go. It's worked out well. Yeah. One of the podcasts they reviewed just recently was Smart Enough no Better. Ooh. So you can get along there. Look up a podcast called Castology and look up our episode. I'm not going to give you all the details. You can, no, you, can... you know what? There'll be a link in the show notes. Yes. That's how this works. How this, I don't magic. have to stop the podcast and look shit up. I just have to tell Future Dan. <laughs> That's his problem. <laughs> he's editing this right now and he's like, God damn it, past Dan. Why are you so
1: sexy, past Dan?
0: Only by comparison. (laughs) Poor aging Dan.
1: Future Dan.
0: Oh, aging future Dan. Your telomeres are so short compared to past Dan. Ugh. Ugh. Telomere about it. Ugh. Ow. Ow. Everyone hurt.
1: (laughs) We're at a certain age now that many of our
0: friends have Look at my telomeres. (laughs) Look at them. There's nothing to them. Fucking held Filled together study. with duct tape. Like a Manx cat. Do you know <laughs> how long it study. takes to duct tape the end of telomeres? A lifetime. <laughs> I think we should just stop there. No, um, we have many
1: friends who are parents. And so everyone's got children. Some of them are adult mm, children. <laughs> Secret concubines. Secret, right. So many with older kids and younger kids and parents. I, so I hear a lot about, we haven't got any children. We're total, total monsters. Like a
0: fictional one? You, oh, yeah, of course. How is... Fictional baby? How is... um. Your fictional child—I forgot your name. A fictional child. Oh, I don't remember naming them. Oh, okay. They had a name, didn't they? Kevin. Was it Kevin? Oh, Jason. Jason. Jason died. Remember? Oh my god. Sorry. Sorry to bring that up. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes. they're real. I can't oh. believe you. Oh, oh wow. Oh, I'm sorry. But the new one you haven't bothered naming. We don't know what they're like yet. You know. Because Jason was not a Jason. No, it was not. Obviously not a Jason. We, we we went too early on that one. Right. Okay. Actually, kind of for the best that he passed away.
1: Wow. Okay. Anyway, so Dan's obviously a terrible parent, and and
0: I'm just not interested. And so, but we have many friends... I don't think you can tell me... I don't think... As as a parent... Oh, God. A non-parent can't tell me that I'm a bad parent. Of an imaginary parent. You're an imaginary parent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, parenting, it's a whole thing. Raising another human being, it's a whole thing. And people spend a lot of time working out... Best way? Do you read to them? Do you have tell them to eat right? Playing Mozart when play they're in the-, the womb? That's right. You do all this crazy stuff for them, and because you want to do the best, feed them vegetables—the best thing in the world. You want them to—you want them to, to live to their potential, to, to overcome all the mistakes you made in your silly life, and so your children
0: will be better than you because that's what your children are. Because mm, you've given up. You've just given. i have utterly given up. You've given up, and you're like, "I'll just pass the buck." To some yeah. other poor schmuck.
1: That's right, the world, and that's why everyone has children. I don't think it's why people have children, but, but in fact, don't do that. That's why you have children, please don't. Anyway, the point of this is. I just love fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the point of this is there has been research by Robert Plomkin, a geneticist at King's College London, which seems to point out that how you raise your children doesn't matter, it's all genetic. <gasps> What? It makes no difference. The you whole know, nature versus nurture, it's mainly nature, by the way. So
0: all those people who I've been accusing of being bad parents, do not matter. Doesn't they, matter. Were, they were doomed from the that's, outset. That's right. Now, to get this out of the way, this is quite a contentious bit of research. No <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs> people, people aren't taking it very well. And it's also not saying, people say, but what about people who get abused? And what about people who get beaten? We're not talking about outliers. we are not, not talking about people who have obviously been horribly deprived and slapped around and like bad bad stuff like mm-hmm. the, we're talking about on the bell curve average people in the centre who just live normal lives does it really matter how, what sort of parent you are how you bring them up the answer seems to be no mainly talking about education and
0: obesity at this point so let's just pull it back in a bit All and right. body weight the two most important things to being a human being well that's true your body weight well, depends how, how much smart you're you are and how skinny you are yes I think- oh yeah
1: I would say that wouldn't I <laughs> So it comes down to, if you look at people being overweight, the correlation between body mass, if zero is no correlation and one is total correlation, between siblings is about 0.4. That's almost half. Well, it's about half, but 0. 0.4. And people say, well, that's because of... Maybe it's, maybe it's the way you brought them up. You've, you've eaten... Like, you've gone, hey, kids, have some food, and you've raised them in a way... Eat lots of vegetables, kids. So... And that's correlates. That's what they thought it was. But it seems to me now more that it's genetic. So if you... A correlation of weight between adopted siblings who grew up in the same family, but don't share genes. So you have your adopted brother mm-hmm. or sister. Zero. Almost zero correlation, whether you'll be fat and compared to your sibling... And you both have the same parents bringing you up in the same way. Okay. So, so it's, that's what they're saying. Well, there's almost zero. There's no correlation. So if you have two skinny people in the family, that's because we feed them lots of kale. No, no. It's because they're genetically predisposed to be skinny. Mm-hmm. And if you bring another kid in who is adopted, that kid could, could be giant or skinny. It won't necessarily be a skinny kid, but almost zero.
0: I mean, what are you doing, Greg? This could undermine the entire diet industry. <laughs> it's, it's
1: madness. And what's even more scary is if you had an uh, identical twin and you were separated at birth. Ate him in the womb. I do, that's why you're so huge. Uh, the, the Eating for two. Eating, yeah. If you have a, a genetic twin and you're separated at birth and one goes to one family and one goes to the other family, the correlation between weights is 0.4 again, as if you were brought up oh, in the same wow. family. And so it seems to have almost no difference. So what they're saying is it's got everything to do, well, not everything, but heavily to do with genetics and not as much to do with parenting. Yeah. Your parenting
0: doesn't matter. I wonder how they measure the correlation. I don't
1: know. I have yeah. look up it's the paper yourself. So then they talk about intelligence and personality and education as well. And what this, what this guy is saying, what Robert Plomkin is saying, is that sending your kids to really good schools doesn't make a lot of difference educationally. It may, may mean socially, as he mm. says later on, hey, if your kid is friends with the future prime minister of the country and, and are big business people, of course, they're friends, and that, that's a social yeah, group. Then maybe they'll, get that,
0: maybe they'll be able to get some laws changed for their mines. Yes,
1: exactly right. So, so that's
0: their coal mine.
1: That's what you're really buying is the is social mm. capital and nice rowing equipment or whatever. But once again, educationally, what he's saying is that kids who are going to do well in the education system will do well in the education system the correlation is not there. They do better in private schools, in these amazing colleges. Those schools do better because they go find those kids who do better mm. and get rid of the people who don't, the people who normally drop out and are angry and sad. It's it's Or take drugs. Or take drugs. Or the wrong drugs. Or the, yes. Yes.
0: Yeah, coke's fine. Co- and, Pot out, and uh, well, and, and off to Cavendish Road State High oxy- School with you.
1: Oxytocin—you can't. Um, you can take all the oxytocin you want, as long as your doctor prescribes it. It's perfectly fine. There's no opiate ep- epidemic. We're all good. This doctor is saying, just enjoy your kids. Enjoy your kids. Spend time. With them. Do the best you can because you don't want
0: them to be bastards. Uh, it's saying he said that. Yeah, what about? think stuff like empathy and just being a kind person. Well, like I'll get onto that later on in the podcast. Oh, I'm, I look forward to that. <laughs> I, I assume it'll go well. It'll go very well. The,
1: the other one is saying if, if his take on it is: let's say your he talks about your son likes to hurt his sister because he likes to hurt things. That, and he said, that's a genetic thing, or that's, that's built into his personality. Telling your son not to hurt your sister is great, and he'll stop. But he hasn't stopped because you've changed his personality or who he is. You've just put a control on him, which society requires. This guy's a bit of a... It's getting a little bit into eugenics. Can you, can you feel the eugenics? We're creeping around the world. getting excited. Yeah, we're getting a bit eugenic And that's why people are like, you have to stop speaking, Robert Plomkin. So, anyway, that's it. So, enjoy your children. Do the best you can. If your children turn out to be garbage, it's not necessarily your fault. It's just your bad genes. Stop having kids. Bye-bye, free will. If you're the sort of person who's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have kids because of all these terrible things in my genetics and problem, don't. That's eugenics, baby.
0: (laughs) And maybe if uh, some kid is really playing up, don't do death stares to the parents. That's not going to help. Just clip the kid on the ear. Yeah, Cut them off at the telomeres. It's not their fault. Their kids just a. C- what is their fault? They pass the genes down. They're probably a c- at least half a. C- we love all our friends with kids. We like you more when you didn't have them. Yeah, you're much more fun. And Less defensive about our ideas about parenting. <laughs> That's right. I look forward to the emails. Speaking of just jumping down a hole. <laughs> Fast food options are usually deep fried chickens and burgers. Oh, yeah. You're no, mm. oh, well, oh, 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 you're a vegetarian. I like deep fried things, so maybe fat and salt. Yeah, well, there probably aren't as many fast food options for you.
1: No, Lord of the Fries. Have you seen Lord of the Fries? That's Chips, isn't it? Oh, it's it's faux meats. They try make burgers. Brisbane just got one. They've had one in Perth for a while. I had tried it and went, it's just because you've deep fried whatever the hell this patty is. Mm. And that's fine. But I went, it's just salt and you've, you've hidden the, the bat. Salt and fat. Salt baby. and fat. That's all it is. That's fine. You can make Brussels sprouts taste good. Yeah. People, salt and fat. People keep talking about it going, oh, it's so amazing. It's just salt and fat. You're eating salt and fat, which is great. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Inside of my arteries, full of salt. And the
0: outside of my arteries, covered in fat. That's, I've separated the two. Clever. Mm-hmm. Clever. That's called a balanced diet. It is. <laughs> and you get stuff like falafel and pizzas and hot chips and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you have eaten fast food burgers? Yes, I have. Are you a pickle guy or a no pickle guy? Uh, no, I know I like gherkins, yes. Gherkins. Yes. Mm. Look at Lord Falteroy coming in from the continent.
1: <laughs> gherkins. Well, cuz pickling is a process. Gherkin is the thing you've pickled gherkins. You can have pickled onions. Do you call pickled onions pickles? No. Well, then then why do you call pickled pickle gherkins onions. pickles? Because they're pickles. No, they just they pickle gherkins. And
0: Are they gherkins or are they cucumbers? Well, the ones I have. What's pickled a gherkin? gherkin? What's a? It's a. I've y- only ever seen a gherkin in context to pickling, but I thought that you pickled cucumbers to get pickles. Gherkins aren't cucumbers. What's a gherkin? It's a whole separate vegetable. I hope. Jeez. Oh, well, I, I can hear. I can hear note taking, and I can hear time code. Like,
1: it's a gherkins, a separate thing, and it's, it's also a warrior who worked with the British. They had little curved knives. Really? No, they're called Gurkhas. All oh, right. It's a very
0: dumb joke. Oh, okay. Did they wear wigs for their pubic hair? That's a Merkin. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, my... Sir. What's what's happening? No, it's not Merkin. It's from the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm Canadian. Okay. But have I
1: had a stroke? Or have you had a stroke? Or are we just... Is there been lots of oxytocin released? To the we're,
0: we're both locked away in a mental institution, and we think that we've got a podcast. <laughs> Well, you can get your gherkins, yes. or your cucumbers. My pickled gherkins. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's really easy to make pickles, though. Mm. To pickle something, you boil three cups each of water and vinegar, and two and a half tablespoons of both salt and sugar. Mm-hmm. You cover your cucumbers or your gherkins in your brine, and you leave it in the fridge for twenty-four hours or longer. Mm-hmm. That's pickles, baby. I think that's pickled gherkins. Got it. That's I do not like cucumbers. Right. By themselves? Yes. They are the worst. Right. They're like all the worst parts of watermelon. <laughs> Watermelon's amazing. I fucking hate watermelon. Just to start with. And then you take out all anything redeeming about a watermelon, and that's a cucumber. Yeah. But pickles, love them. Now, you can pickle anything. Mm. Asparagus, beetroot, capsicum, blueberries, cauliflower, carrots, cherries, fennel, ginger, grapes, green beans, mushrooms, onions, parsnips, peaches, peppers, radishes, rhubarb, strawberries, squash, tomatoes, turnips, and watermelon. Nice. It feels like one of those things you go, we have to store this food.
1: We have to store it. Otherwise, we will all die in the winter. We have all the watermelons now, but they will rot in a week. Yep. pickle that son bitch. Pickle it, and then we survive for the winter. Ah, that's why. That's, why, that's that, true. That's why. You, that's why everything was created. That's why. Pretty all, much.
0: Yeah. Salt, cooking things, cooking stuff. Um, salt, all the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came out of necessity. Yeah, and I we think. survived because we liked the stuff that stopped us from being poisoned. I guess. Yeah. yeah like if you if yeah. you really like raw stuff but you weren't really into salt and acid and pickling and stuff. Death. You died. Yeah. But if you were like, oh, I love when stuff's a bit salty or acidic, then you last a little bit longer. Your kids last a bit longer. Bob's your uncle. Mexican. It's
1: genetic. Look at that. Feeding your kids bad food. Genetic. You're doing well. Yeah. Mm.
0: Okay. Now, you can flavor it with spices and herbs. Dill is a favorite mm. when it comes to gherkins and cucumbers. I hope, I hope you're right about gherkins because I've folded that into the whole thing. I've looked it up. It's a different sort of. It's, they're both part of the gourds. They're both a gourd. Do you want to, do you want to look it up now? Do you want to say what's it? a raw gherkin like? What does there it go. taste like? Oh, they, uh, yeah. same thing. They right? both
1: belong to the gourd family, and the gherkin is often called a miniature cucumber, but they are
0: different things. Mm, there you go. There you go. This is tasty enough to know better, but this podcast is smart enough to know better. Mm. So, what's so good scientifically about pickling? And you have hit the nail on the head. Damn, keeps people from dying. Good turns okay. your food stuff acidic, ah. which means bacteria can't ah. get a foothold. That's
1: what it's for, right? 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 Okay.
0: The acetic acid burns the bacteria and inhibits its growth. Is that the antacid? No, I don't mean that
1: as it is an antacid. That's not what I mean. But is that that's formic acid, which is where acetic acid yeah, come
0: for, from? formic acid is from ants. And, okay, what's acetic acid from then? I'll get there. All right. All Look, right. It, it's it, vinegar. It's a journey. It's vinegar. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So, acetic acid burns the bacteria and inhibits its growth. This is opposed to salting meats, where the salt draws out the moisture of the bacteria, mm. but the salt in your brine is doing some of that too. So, jerking meat, what do they call it? Jerk, yeah. Yeah. Jerky. Jer- jerky is dried meat, isn't it? Yeah. And, and- bacteria is the stuff that turns your food rotten. Although, bacteria is also the thing that makes vinegar. And cheeses. Yeah. Is that was bacteria or is that... That's mold. mould. Ah, sorry, Mould. No, there's bacteria. You can get bacteria okay. needed for cheeses, I'm pretty sure. It's culture. Vinegar is fermented grain or fruit, and it's the bacterial process that actually creates the low pH. Isn't that weird, though? You go, ah, oh, this fruit's gone rotten. I better pour more fruit in it. To stop it going rotten. Yeah. What's the thought process behind that, madness? Hmm. This makes quick pickling a really valuable process if you've got too much food and you expect to not have enough food in the coming months. It was invented around 2,500 BJ in the Indus Valley. (laughs) BJ? Before Jesus. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. Hence the phrase, kneel down BJ. (laughs) Okay. The Indus Valley is where the border of Pakistan and India now lies. Nice. A little bit of levity there, yeah, ladies good. and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. The acid crosses the bacteria cell membrane, breaking the bastard down on a molecular level. <laughs> there are even trials into using it to treat burns and other wounds that might be harder to treat with antibiotics. Ooh. You must make sure that the veggies are totally covered. If oxygen gets in, then that part of the foodstuff won't be pickled and will go rotten. Ooh. The pickling process doesn't stop the breaking down of food, but it does slow it considerably. You can keep fast pickled vegetables in the fridge for a month, Commercial pickles you can keep up to six months, sometimes even years. Well, the, the, I think the Egyptians pickled all sorts of weird things and kept it for a long time. Yeah, they're kings they're sometimes. King. That's, that's, and if you pick them off your burger and fling them up onto the ceiling, mm. they'll stay there forever. Really? That's what pop culture has told me.
1: Oh, <laughs> I like them. I think I used to get everyone else's gherkins and put them on my god. Oh, like, oh, I don't hate these things. Give me your gherkins, put them on my burger. It was great.
0: Mm. Yes, well, tart stuff... I mean, kids notoriously don't like pickles. Yes. Because tart stuff, they have a very strong... Kids don't like tarts. That's when you turn into a teenager. (laughs) Ah, thank you. But kids Uh. are more susceptible to getting sick, and tart is connected with disgust. And so if you're... Tasting something bitter, and you're an adult, you've got it. You're like, Oh, it's fine. Mm. It's fine. I'm not going to die because I've got all this mass mm. and, I, and I'm not going to starve to death. But as a kid, you're like, oh, I don't want the bitter stuff. I'll give that to dad because mm. the bitter stuff might be a bit toxic. And as a kid, you're going to die easier. And you want to make sure you kill your father and take over his harem. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: Empathy. I feel you. I look into your eyes, Dan, and I understand that there's a there's a person inside there, just like myself. Maybe not as good as me, and strong as me, and sexy as me, but still a person as as uh, who deserves some
0: respect. You didn't have to say that out loud, actually. Well, I'm being empathetic. Just, I don't think you know what empathy is.
1: Hang on, I've read a whole article about it here, right here. Okay. So empathy is is a, is almost like the superpower of the human race. Oh yeah. So we started off. If you were thinking about, we wouldn't have seven and a half billion people on the planet if we just murdered each other because you got my way. Like we just wouldn't be able to work. We would not have societies and that's empathy. We, cooperation. We, cooperation. Exactly right. So we have created a society based on empathy, understanding that other people have inner lives and thoughts and feelings and whatever happens to them may happen to us. So if someone's being murdered by bears, then we go, we should save them because I don't want to get murdered by bears either. And so it's- We're the nicest of all the monkeys. We are. Well, bonobos are pretty good. Lots of, basically, they, they say hello by giving it each other handjobs. So, you know, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah. I don't, if you did that to me, I wouldn't feel closer to you. I would feel that as some sort of an attack. <laughs> I'm an aggressive handjobber. Wait, that sounds weird. I've seen you shake hands.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Empathy may be a big problem for humanity right now. Which <laughs> sounds so weird. I love this story. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We're too nice? We're too nice. No, more to the point. Some people let empathy, their empathy, destroy them. And it seems to be a psychological thing. So Tanya Singer put a Buddhist monk in an fMRI machine to see what would happen when they were feeling things for other people and see if there's actually, is it, is it a brain thing that going on in their heads and other mm. people as well. So looking for, is empathy just a weird
0: feeling from nowhere or is it actually a circuit in the brain? Turns well, out, what, what do you mean, weird feeling from nowhere? That's what any weird feeling is something that's happening in the brain. I know that, but what that's what But that's people, what MRI yes, machines have yes, worked out. That's
1: right, that's what they were doing. That's what they, She wanted to see if there was a, an actual circuit in the brain. As anything. opposed
0: to a soul?
1: Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. People, people will say, ah, oh, it's given by gods or, you know, it, you, you, no, it, but Even it's not. Even if
0: it was, it's still happening in the brain. Yes. Yeah, this is all right. Okay.
1: We're on the same page here. And the answer is, of course, there is. There, there is, of course, a circuit in the brain. We're yeah. on the same page. We're on the same page. In a, in a thing about empathy. Thing, we're, uh. we're getting there. And so what happens, though, is if the frog princess, yep. if you put you in the MRI machine mm-hmm. and and I, I then punch the frog frog princess in front of you, then you would, you would have an empathetic re- re- um, reaction to that because your wonderful partner is being punched by your hideous... Podcast mate, I
0: mean, I probably wouldn't hear it if I'm in an MRI machine because it's pretty noisy. And I'm oh, lying I would set up a screen to make sure you could. You... I'm I, I would... punching the frog princess. I'm like, I don't think that doesn't sound like great. <laughs> but you would respond. I'd just uh, be sitting there confused, thinking. Well, the confusion part of his brain's lit up like a candle, as per usual. Uh... <laughs> oh! yeah, a different part of his brain just
1: lit up then. The <laughs> rage. The point of this is you would you would you would feel empathy for your partner, but more to the point, your brain, our brains, are not designed to
0: understand the difference between... This all feels very theoretical. Frog <laughs> princess, could you come here? <laughs> <laughs> could you bring a bat? Yeah, she's not coming. She's not. Oh, well, she is. I'm scared. I <laughs> open
1: <laughs> Protect me. Anyway, the human brain is not very good at working out the difference between someone else's pain that you care for mm. and your own pain. We mirror inside oh, wow. our brains. Great. So, so when, when... That's got to be a good thing. When the frog princess... To a degree. When the frog... We'll get onto that. When the frog princess feels pain, mm. your empathy comes from the fact that your brain goes, I'm feeling pain. Mm. You're the same person because you have a connection to that person. And that's good. In the past, that meant that we would save someone from the bear. We wouldn't try and kill each other because if I care for you and I punch you in the face, it's like punching myself in the face. I feel... Pain. Mm. I will also understand. This is shown very clearly. People are like, this is bullshit, this doesn't happen. This is shown very clearly with babies. If you put a whole lot of babies in a room and poke one with a stick, I'm a very bad parent. Then it will start to cry. And then other babies will start to cry. And it's not they're saying it's not because they're, like, hey, it's a loud noise, stop making loud noises. Is babies don't understand that baby's crying is not their crying. They're all crying. So basically it spreads like a virus. Through all the babies Like humanity Like like humanity And it seems to happen for adults as well We kind of got babies We get over it But not Some of us learn to quell that circuit in our brain Mm -hmm. I think I'm one of them And some people don't Some people You just feel everyone's pain And this is a big problem In this interconnected world so, now, a lot of pain to feel. There's a lot of pain to feel, and you see everywhere where, where before you know all that pain, and you can't tell the difference between the people who are being hurt in the bushfires over there and yourself. So you kind of go, "Well, doesn't isn't that a good thing? That sounds like a great thing. Isn't
0: that a good thing? That sounds like a great thing. So maybe that means
1: maybe we should all actually be happy about that. Why are we hurting each other more? What happens is when you're hurt, though, it kicks in fight or flight, and you have a habit of striking out at people around you and things around you to stop the pain. You may not even realize you they're striking out. So what they've researched is... Like Scott Morrison. See, the bushfires
0: want to punch Scott Morrison. Yes, there you go. Yes. Not going to. Not going to. <laughs> no, no, no. Legally, allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. If so- someone who looks like me did, did punch him, that's not me. That's like, like, I'm just going on record to say that's not my plan. Definitely not your plans. People who
1: experience more empathic distress in their daily lives... Due to social media or other areas, are more likely to become aggressive when provoked, even towards innocent people,
0: like Scott Morrison. Like Scott Morrison, he can't help that he's got that irritating smirk. <laughs> That's right. That's. I think it's a really important point. Is you have empathy, you, if
1: you feel it too much, you respond like a wounded animal, and you just you will hurt people around you. You'll yell at people. You'll t- you'll yell at them a lot. You'll basically be aggressive act quite aggressive at them and think you're in the right. You go, I'm not aggressive. I'm just feeling empathy for those people. You son of a bitch. And they become, you become an aggressive person. What's even more interesting about it is you can't compromise anymore with someone that has hurt you. You're now angry at Scott Morrison, let's say the prime minister of Australia. And so you say anyone who supports that person, I'm angry with, because I feel empathy for the other people. I will never compromise I will never talk to them again. I've shut down all dialogue and you just hurt. And so it's just, it's, it's a big problem. And this research seems to be that empathy, too much empathy can actually lead to aggressive
0: behavior and shutting down of the ability to talk to other people. Wow. And it, could we, Could we somehow have people having this sort of aggressive behavior towards each other and provide like advertising next to it? In some way, because then we could make a lot of money. I think people... If we could have a service... I'm sure we where we got people to fight and we sort of gently encouraged them to fight <laughs> and then provided advertising near them yeah. and then learned from their fighting mm. the things that they liked and the things they didn't like and then only provided them the advertising for the things that they really liked. Put- and then the more that we learned about them, we could take all those details and then sell those details to other people. We could put that... We could make a book of it and put it in front of their face. It's gonna be genius. Bookface.
1: Bookface. We're gonna be rich. dot org. This research blew my mind. And what's just before we finish up? Because I, I, I think you were looking for a comedy exit
0: there, and I apologise for. No, 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 I, no. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to inject comedy anywhere I can <laughs> into this. I, sorry. Have I been doing this wrong? <laughs> it's for many years. We'll, we'll know in the next castology review. The. The- oh, they won't be
1: listening again. <laughs> They're not coming back. What's really interesting about this for me is, for personally, I'd, I've had to learn empathy. And it can be learned, by the way. It can be learned. You, I don't mean it in a silly way, but as in I've learned, I, I need to be more empathetic to people. I need to be more connected to people. And I've learned to do that, which you can. You could, like, other circuits in your brain, you can work on that and you go, I know I have to do this thing. I need to ask how people are. And, and in the end, it becomes a learned behavior. And you, you, you activate the circuit. On the other hand, you can de- um, What's the word? De-empathise? De-empathise, de- I guess. But you can, you can stop your angry response. You can feel empathy, but then you have to teach yourself, that is not my pain. So, for example, Australia keeps people in a camp in Papua New Guinea who have tried to come to our country by boat in Manus Island. Camp? well containment area people go camping for fun well but it's, it's this
0: it's, is a camp in there it
1: it's is, it's, a, it's a it's a concentration camp oh yes, yes 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 but and but not an extermination camp but anyway look, we won't go there this is a bad thing not yet. and these people are hurt and people, and I go, that's awful. And we should stop it. Our country, if we, if you're complicit in our country, if you're voting in our country and you, you're complicit, you're part of the, the, the group and take it any way you like, but it's true. But I don't feel pain because of it. I know it's happening and I don't want it to happen and I will vote against it, but I've learned to go, that's not my pain. And I still need to be able to talk to the government officials and still say, we need to stop that, but we need to compromise here. People go, you can't compromise. You have to compromise at some level. You can train yourself to not make other people's pain your pain. It's super important. I really believe it's super important. And it's not mean let the Nazis do anything you like or... It's it's understand that people being hurt in front of you isn't you and you have to stay agile in your mind and you have to stop shutting everything down and being aggressive to those around
0: you. I don't agree with that. You're a fucking idiot. This podcast is over! <laughs> Okay, okay. This is a look behind the curtain for our listeners. I have a file on my computer marked Ideas. Mm. And in this file, I have all the stuff that could turn into a smart enough to know better segment. Now, there are some that have been in there for years, and they just don't inspire when I try to work with them. So in this segment, I'm flushing them out. Okay, number one, soda blasting. So you've done sanding before. Sandpaper no longer uses sand. It uses aluminium oxide and silicon carbide. Mm. But they do use sandblasting in abrasive blasting. They get an air compressor and a bunch of sand, and it strips the rust straight off rusty stuff. Uh. Now, if you use bicarb soda instead of sand, the same stuff in your fridge... The soda explodes into dust when it hits the surface. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sort of maintain its integrity. Ooh. It's much more gentle at cleaning stuff so you can get mold and barnacles off your sailboat without like tearing a big hole in it. It also deodorizes so if, and if you inhale a bit of it, you don't get cancer. Yay, no All jokes. The- no stories about how to use that to strip hair off a dog or something. No, no, it's good. That's just, it's I just, it's nothing to do with it. You couldn't even use it
1: on the Smarter Than Better comedy blimp because it would just rip our sails apart and we'd just plummet to the ICCs
0: below. Y- well, I mean, that's those sad. I mean, those sails are cast iron, aren't they? Like the, the the bladder is cast iron, I thought. Are we using cast iron? But this is our problem. Well, it's rusted solid. I, don't, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what the brown is, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point, yeah. yeah.
0: And, and look, if it crashes to earth, that's only a couple of feet. It's it's not a good at altitude. <laughs> okay, number 2. They use nitrogen to keep food from spoiling. So you fill a bag of crisp chips, mm, mm,
1: mm, crisp, oh, crisp well done,
0: chips, well done. with nitrogen and the bacteria can't grow. Mm. The sugars and fats don't react either. They need oxygen and nitrogen displaces the oxygen. And if anyone tries to stow away on board, dead. Yep. Problem solved. Again with the airship stuff. <laughs> Okay. Pete. Not being able to breathe is the least of the dangers on the Smart oh, and comedy Blip. It's that a death thing, trap. That is a health and safety yes. nightmare. Well,
1: the reason we get rounded is because we can go you know, out to sea, you're in international waters. We just go above the land in international airs and therefore there's no rules. We yeah. Just, yeah. It's this. There's just rusty
0: nails and, oh, it's, it's a shocker. Yeah. I mean, we're skirting pretty close to some war crimes. Mm, I think oh, that well. Those,
1: well you know, the war crimes.
0: Yeah. We are, there's certainly a lot of countries we're not allowed to talk. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. By dock you mean plummet at speed. Yeah, not um, interface penises. Yeah, wow, what? The, have you not are you not familiar with docking? No. Well, no. no I, 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 yeah, space shipping. And yeah, the- so it's like, a, it's like two spaceships, like oh. two rocket ships, touch tips, yes. and then one goes inside the other one. But that's
1: not how they dock, because dock, you have to have the mechanism where you have the, basically, you have a mechanism that goes inside the other one, they lock together. So it wouldn't be too, it'd be a penis well, and a the, vagina. The for,
0: well, it's the foreskin
1: goes over the top That's of not the how bummer. they dock. It doesn't make any sense. Where's the big bar that goes in and then, and then spins in the hole and then locks it in? They have to lock you in. You can have them. You can have them. Oh, okay. Oh,
0: it's Prince Albert. Yep. Oh, uh, it's fine. Okay, it makes sense. Okay. The- This <laughs> whole be- segment, yes. Throw it out. <laughs> Okay. So, they need oxygen and the nitrogen displaces it. So, I was like, could you use nitrogen in your home kitchen to prevent spoilage? Mm. The answer is yes. Okay. You get like a like a nitrogen fridge. You can buy spray cans of argon that you can use to spray a layer of inert gas into your wine and prevent it from going off. The argon is oh. heavier than air- so, it keeps the oxygen away. So, it just sits in a little layer on top of the wine with the air on top, nice. and it prevents your wine from going gross. So, you can you can open it, and it's not going to go sour in a couple of days. More gross. It's not going to go more gross. More gross. Okay. Yes. Because, you know, it's wine. <sighs> yeah, but that Pepsi Max, Woo! can't get enough of that. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't go off. No, you can't. I don't yeah, think you nothing don't, organic in it. I don't it. think you can. Okay. So, so the not same-
1: not even sugars.
0: The same thing can presumably be used for tins of baked beans and vegetables in the crisper. Mm. It's $20 a can and is probably more trouble than it's worth. Just eat your food before it goes off. Couldn't you, though, design a fridge <gasps> that just
1: pumps nitrogen into the unit? And when you, you beep and you press the button to open the door and it just... And it sucks all the nitrogen out. And you open the door, you get your food out and you put it back in. And it just beep. And it puts the nitrogen
0: back into there. Uh, I keep saying Nitrogen. You were saying argon before. Argon. Yeah, well, both of them work. Yes. Yeah. Argon's heavier than air, so it doesn't mix ah. as well. It sort of sits in a So, so well, argon as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which so, is cheap. Which is cheaper, See, Nitrogen would be quite cheap. Is argon expensive? Not really. Okay, it's pretty good. Oh, good. Excellent. Uh, there is a patent for a fridge that automatically pumps nitrogen into the crisper it. <laughs> also monitors the door so that it doesn't choke the household with inert gas. Yes. Good.
1: That's. I was. I thought I was ahead of the game there, and once again behind the game.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Good idea, though. Thank you. And I only found out this patent because I looked, because I came up with the idea as well and I'm <laughs> looking for it. Hey, we're all coming up with the idea. Nice. Pretty smart. Yeah, it's true. Number three, pink noise. Oh, I love pink noise. White noise is static. Mm. It's the noise on a TV set when it's not tuned into an analog signal. Is <laughs> a phrase that makes no sense to half our listenership. No, yep. no.
1: A little bit comes from space. I always love that. Oh. I love that. That was the background Background of the, the radio, radio waves from the universe are coming in. You're talking about 1% of it, but mm. you're, when you used to watch analog television, 1% was the background. Watching of, the universe. Yeah, it's lovely. But now it's not. Now it's, When I was a
0: child, the TV was my universe.
1: <laughs> and what's interesting now is modern day digital televisions don't have that, of course. You don't no. get static. But they realized they needed a static screen, so they've just copied that static, and then they use it as a... They, they, you can actually turn to static... So digital televisions can go to a static screen, but it's generated by the TV to make it look like you're on a non... Yeah. Wow. So it's like, that's, yeah you know, one of the crazy things of... That's, that's neat. Hold over
0: technology, I'm assuming, because one day it'll just be, it'll just get black. And why would you, oh, it's black, yeah. it's not working. You don't need to have it. But noise. it's good because you know that the TV's on. Yes. Yeah. And that the sound's working. So white noise is made by putting random values onto a waveform. Mm. There are no patterns. It's just... <laughs> All over the place. I love white noise. It helps you sleep. Pink noise is the same thing, but it's more powerful in the bass and has less energy in the treble. Ooh. This is a much more natural and pleasant to the ear sound. The rustling of leaves is pink noise, mm-hmm. so is rain. Ah. Brown noise is even deeper and uses brownian motion to create its randomness. Ooh. It sounds more like very regular surf on the other side of a dune. So, this is white noise... This is pink noise. This is brown noise. And this is the sound of all of those half segments being evacuated. Okay, welcome to the Walk of Shame, where you, the audience, call us out and tell us, hey, when you said that thing, you were wrong, and everyone wants to be right. And we go, yeah, we love being Would wrong be right? and yeah. discovering how to be right. That's right, yep. Except when it's fr- in front of a bunch of people, and then we're embarrassed and shamed. <laughs> and We never try again. Shame is stupid. I hate shame. It's a very valuable part of human culture. Well,
1: it is. It's, it stops people doing violent stuff. Yeah. yeah, But, but still, yeah. I think we over-shame. You shouldn't feel shame all the time.
0: No. I mean some people should. Okay, so Al Batson. Yeah, yeah. Hi, hi Al. Okay, throwaway line from Greg at the oh, start of one hundred and fifty seven, talking about Australia no longer being the largest island mm. because we are a continent. Mm. You said all places are an island. Now mm. Al spent a good while trying to get his head around this statement. <laughs> mm-hmm. He linked to a list of landlocked countries, of which there are 49 landlocked countries have no coastline on the ocean. They are surrounded by other countries on all sides. There are two countries that are double landlocked, meaning that they are surrounded on all sides by other landlocked countries. Oh, no. They are Liechtenstein and Uzbekistan. okay. He was also interested that the definition of a continent is very contested. Mm -hmm. If you said they have to be connected. Then Antarctica is a continent and Australia is a continent. America is a continent connected by a spindly bit at Panama. Mm-hmm. So it's two the North land America, masses, the North but, America. No, the says. whole of America. Oh, okay. Wait, so North Americas. and South America yeah, is saying. attached. Yes. So it's just one place. Yeah, it's one continent, technically, yeah. Yep. And then you've got the connected landmass of Europe, Asia and Africa, which is connected by the Isthmus of Suez. Mm-hmm. It's very sexy. Say it again. The Isthmath of Suez. <laughs> <dun, dun>. <laughs> Instead, you could consider the historical context and break Africa and Europe off Asia. Mm. But if we ignore that and we pop back in time, a tiny, tiny, tiny bit, not very long, the B- Bering Land Bridge connects Asia to North America, and then you've only got three continents mm. in total. Mm.
1: But that's got to do... Also, I'm going to kick in there, Alan. and say... Recently, we did a story a couple months ago now about how New Zealand was the Zealand continent. And, and so, we've talked about that in the, in the, on the podcast. You
0: could consider tectonic plates. Yes. This would make New Zealand a continent too. Yes, that's right. And it's the biggest mass on the Zealandia plate. We've talked about this. We brought this up yeah, already. We've I know.
1: Yeah, right. We've done this. We've done this, Al. Done this, uh, the, yeah. You don't you
0: know, you know, you know, do a lot of research, Al. You just listen to the podcast. You just have to go, you said all places are an island and not all places are an island. That's true. Okay. But... <laughs> There are very few definitions of a continent that don't... And also, he's, this is not the calling you out. This is oh. the rabbit hole that he fell oh, down. Good, this is a, what we well, cause. Sorry, I'm feeling too much empathy there. Sorry, okay. oh, sorry, There are very few definitions of a continent that don't include Australia, mm. and there are no definitions of Greenland that refer to it as anything other than an island. Mm-hmm. Turns out the word continent has about the same value as the word glue. It's a good <laughs> word for monkeys to get them started on what they're talking about, yep. but could require more precise language in certain circumstances but the phrase island continent mm-hmm. i mean any is that in any way making things any more clear mm-hmm. i say let's ditch it fair enough now your point greg is that at some stage no matter where you are you can walk to a coastline and then walk all the way around the landmass mm-hmm. at some point everything is surrounded by water and so all places are islands mm-hmm. that's, 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 that's that that yes. was what you were yes. getting i didn't at. really care about politics yeah. and the human Map. human lines on maps the moon Venus? What on earth? Betelgeuse? I would say that not all places are islands and that actually most places are not islands. In fact, if you adjust for outliers, I would say no places are islands. <laughs> and indeed, if you consider space to be a place, mm. Mm. i.e., to go to space, well then nothing exists and there's no point to anything. <laughs> Thanks very much, Al. Happy New Year, Al. Fucking batson. <laughs> Beautiful research. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. (laughs) Steve Stewart. Hi, Steve. Episode 47. Greg says, (laughs) on the three-year anniversary of Smart Enough, No Better, it's like 21 in dog years. Now, I think we need to claim fact bankruptcy or something. Yeah. I did not even keep my business records back that far. No, 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 no. So, stop sending in book of shames from from other people, effectively. That's that's right.
1: No part of me is that same person. No part of
0: me made that mistake. Yeah, that's
1: right. (laughs) Okay. That's not true either. Please
0: don't send in a book of shame for that thing we just said. Okay. We know. (laughs) So, saying one dog year is seven human years is a poetic idea that communicates that humans live, on average, (laughs) seven times longer than dogs. Yep. This is the point that you were making. Yep. Steve points out an article about how broken this idea is. Mm -hmm. Dogs are having litters of puppies when they're seven dog years old, and some live to 150 dog years old. Mm -hmm. So let's break all this down. Yep. Average life expectancy for humans is 78 years. An average sized dog has a life expectancy of around 11 years, which is 77 dog years old. So you're bang on the head there. Yes. Okay. Dogs can have puppies at one year of age or seven human years. Humans can't have babies until their early thirties. Not these days, anyway. <laughs> Humans can have kids pretty young. There are dozens and dozens of instances of ten-year-olds having babies. Damn, son. There are dozens of instances of nine-year-olds having babies. Ew. There are nine instances. Hang on, wait, 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 wait. Why is my response
1: damn son for 10 year olds and overnight? i that's not. Everyone has a line. That's no, that's no, that's all wrong. Everything I just said that was wrong. I uh, know. No, no. no.
0: Painting Dr.
1: Freud. No, no, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, no. Okay. And, well, hang on. Astro, as an astrophysicist, oh, that's not going to help. As an astrophysicist, I can be out by a factor of 10. That's fine. It's- it's perfectly fine.
0: That still doesn't help me. I'm still going to jail. Everything is bad here. As an astrophysicist, no time is relevant until you're in, like, tens of thousands of years. That's so, right. yeah. from your point of view, all sexual partners are children. <laughs> I'm sad. Universally speaking. I'm very sad. Okay. Nine instances of eight-year-olds having children. Two instances of six-year-olds having children. Oh, oh God. One of a five-year-old. What? kid.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, it's
0: just and listeners, if you are gonna delve into those No Don't. Some very old dogs live until they're twenty years old or hundred and forty in dog years. Yes. There are a dozen outliers above that in recorded history, and some unverified on top of that. The oldest unverified is thirty two. Yes. And the oldest verified is twenty nine. Their names were Chilla and Bluey. If those names sound familiar to you, you may have young children. Bluey <laughs> oh, yes. and Bluey's mother, Chili, were named after these two dogs. Oh my goodness. In in the T V children's service show Bluey. Yep. If you haven't watched it,
1: you go watch it if you have children. I don't have children, but it's fine. And if you haven't watched it, you
0: probably don't have
1: children. Yeah, that's right, yes. But it's made here. Yeah, it is it's, in it's, Brisbane. And, and it's set in Brisbane too. So American listeners, if you don't understand Go watch Bluey. If you want a good TV show, actually, for, that's actually a good TV show for kids.
0: Yeah, won some awards and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think actually, you got an Emmy.
1: It doesn't... Yeah, it's actually really, really good.
0: So, yeah, yeah, support. We have a friend who's an Emmy award winner. Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. It's pretty cool. Now, the oldest human beings live well over 110 and once to 122. Mm. And plenty of people have lived to reach 100. So, it seems that dogs do indeed live longer than expected if following the rule of times by seven. Mm. Larger dogs don't live as long as smaller dogs although larger humans don't live as long as smaller humans. Okay. Larger humans have more cells, leaving them more at risk of one going rogue and turning into cancer. Mm. Their lungs are not as effective at dealing with oxygen intake, and their blood has further to travel.
1: Big humans, not good.
0: No. Now, while we've established the times by seven rule doesn't work for really old dogs, we're forgetting one thing. Mm. Dogs have been bred for greatness. Different (laughs) breeds live longer. That's how you get tiny dogs and massive dogs. Yeah. Which gives me a really great idea, Greg. makes me sad. If we could somehow breed out the weaker humans, we could create a super <laughs> race of humans that could potentially live to match the same number that dogs are hitting hmm. So I think this is what Steve was suggesting in a very roundabout way okay with his walk of shame. Yes if we can find those weak humans and concentrate them in a place where they can't breed. Oh no. so if there's a flaw with the idea, oh, it's no. Steve's fault, blame him. Good Excellent. okay, I'm glad. So, Greg, I'm not going to make you take a walk of shame for either of those two things. Oh, thank you. But mostly just because you're not a Nazi. Thank you. So maybe you want to think about this in a different manner. Mm. One day for a human isn't seven days for a dog. A day is, pretty commonly, sun comes up, sun goes down. Mm. Don't at me, Antarcticans. (laughs) Does a day seem seven times longer to a dog? Now, to answer this question, we have to understand how we perceive time. We're pretty good with time. Mm. We have memory and prediction. So we're able to create a narrative of the day and place ourselves within that. I, sun came up, I had breakfast. I haven't had lunch, but I am getting hungry. It's probably about 11. Hang on, slow down, slow down. What? So the sun came up. Sun came you up. had breakfast. I had breakfast.
1: So, I haven't had lunch. No, I, I guess, is the
0: story I'm telling yeah, myself. Yeah, I, a
1: bit, but I, just, no, I understand this concept of you have breakfast near the sun getting up. That's insane.
0: What are you, sick? What's so, that? Actually, I don't have breakfast until about 10, and that's only because my computer reminds me. <laughs> dogs don't do this. Mm. They are stuck in the moment. They can't mentally time travel back and forth throughout the day. That's not true. That is not true. There's
1: no way that's true. How do dogs dogs know where things are? Dogs know they buried something over there. They know that things happen at certain times.
0: Well, you can train a dog, but you train it to sit. They can't remember where they learned to sit. They're not connecting the learning to the doing. It's a mental model of here sit connected with sitting and endorphins. How do you know that though? How do we know this? I, um,
1: I this 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 is falling very much into dogs and machines, animals and machines that just follow programming. And I'm like, I'm dogs. Okay, for example, for example, um, girl clumsies, cats don't see me for months on end months on end yet when they see me they respond we kick off the relationship where we kicked it off before so like they might ask see me for six months they know who i am they don't go who's that man we've never seen they respond they know they have memory they know what i am
0: they do have memory Years. but they don't have a narrative sense of memory like oh, okay. they don't have like they, they can they can get you but they don't they're right they're not they are they are not they are not able to do the storytelling thing of oh that's greg i haven't seen him for months really well, this is the, These, okay. the, I mean, there are experiments right. that they oh, did. Okay, all right, all right. But all right. I sort of didn't worry too uh, much about <laughs> those. Ones. I'm, I am, I am, am suspicious. But I go on, please. Well, th- you know what? You could check out our show yes. notes. Just get along to smartenough.org <laughs> and click on the show I notes. I will. Now there are other explanations too. They also have biological rhythms which cause them to act hungry when they are hungry. Mm-hmm. They may also have circadian oscillators that help them behave in the correct way for the correct time of day. Mm. Fluctuations of hormones, body temperature, and neural activity that they associate with you returning home from work, for mm-hmm. instance. So they know when to wait for you because they're, they're getting these signals that I aren't related to their brains. This just sounds exactly what we do, though. I don't think there's any
1: difference. how We're we kind of make it sound well, like mechanical with dogs, but for us, it's like a choice. No, no, no. We, we
0: follow certain things... We definitely do. We have all these things. But on top of that, we also have the ability to work out where we are in time. Mm. So animals can't plan for the future. Now, squirrels will connect nuts and store them. Mm -hmm. They seem to be preparing for the future. But if you take all of their nuts, they just keep storing them. Mm. They don't change their behavior because they don't associate having more nuts later with storing them now. Mm. Dogs, just like most animals, are stuck in time. They don't live inside a story about themselves that lasts from birth until mm. death. Mm. They may only live one-seventh as long as we do, but on some level, they kind of live forever. Oh, Who's an immortal being? You're an immortal being. You're a good god. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> you have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. You've also been listening to Greg at smartenough.org. Check out our show notes. Greg will be doing just that by going to smartenough.org. I will. I'm going to refute everything. And there's also some buttons there. If you want to subscribe or you yeah. want to follow us on the various social yeah. media or stuff. Do, drop down a,
1: a drink, but non alcoholic drink tip.
0: That's exciting. Oh, yeah, in the tip In the, yep, tip
1: jar. the tip jar. Or if you're like, oh my God, I need to get onto these guys' long tail and help them out over a long period of time, we're on Patreon and you can help us out. It's very exciting.
0: Yep. If you give us two bucks. Then that's brilliant. Yep, thank you so much. If you give us five bucks, oh my goodness, we'll read your names that's out. Very true. I should do that now. Yeah, John. Thank you very much too, and thank you very much for the whole year yes. as well. Oh my goodness. To Lindsay Jenkinson, Elizabeth Youngkin, Andrew Whitehurst, Matt Ewers, Morden O'Hare, Gary Heather. and we go into the void. That's Steve. That's Steve <laughs> now with his details again. Okay, Andrew Potts, Ilana Mitchell, Phil Holland, Matthew Toy. Jack Evil One Dooney, Andrew Trousdale, Ava Greenbury, and Michael Barnes. Um, thank you so thank much you actually, for your honestly, attention and your money. That's right. Remember, if you don't want to pay, that's fine. Just tell someone that we're
1: great. Yeah. Or you go, look, they're fine. They'll grow on you. That's
0: now, fine some too. people are on the top tier. Oh, my goodness. That means that they get to be abused by me every single episode. <laughs> that's a thing. That's a thing. That's a thing we do. They're spending quite a bit of money yeah, yeah. to have me do this. Quality abuse. Here we okay. go. So, Eric Wilson and Al Batson have stated that I don't need to do that. They are smart enough's gift of Christmas socks and jocks, respectively. No. Also welcome and appreciated. Yes. Like a satsuma. Yes. the bottom of your stocking. Unless you don't like satsumas. (laughs) Okay, Scott Driscoll. You've been a bad boy. I considered getting you coal, but instead I'm leaving mining magnate Gina Reinhardt under your tree. Deal with that shit. Dustin Fallon, you're a big star. In that you deserve to have a tree jammed up you. <laughs> Tom Siri, you are the gift of a children's drum set on Christmas morning. Mm. Oh. oh, God. Oh. Mikkel Keita, you're an alt version of the children's song that normalises bullying, where there is no foggy night and Rudolph hangs himself. <laughs> And finally, Steve Stewart, ho, 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 <coughs> slut. <coughs> we don't slut shame on this podcast. They're, <laughs> they're
1: for, That's his kid. They're not slut, they're prostitutes. I'm, the, I'm the prostitute. Yes.
0: Yeah, what, what's, oh, you're damn a sex it.
1: worker and don't yuck their yum. They're paying me to yuck their yum. No, 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 no.
0: We're they yum. They,
1: we're the yum. That's what I'm trying to say. I wasn't, I wasn't, yes. They want to be abused. It's got sexual.
0: It's got weird. We paint, there surely is a higher tier for that now. And as we always like to say. Jerk the gherkin. Don't, that's, that's not how pickling works. Uh. There's. You need more salt.
1: Um, oh i can hear, oh my god hear my That's so weird hello i found uh, that quite disturbing hello
0: yeah i listen to you all the time <laughs> i
1: always thought it'd be funny to like in the far far future and they can sort of make copies of people's personalities if they just download everything we've done on this podcast and just see what they get from us. And just I'd love to I'd love to be alive then and see the version of my, the tech version of myself that's made and go, Oh no. Oh no <laughs> or oh yes, actually that's much that's exactly what I was like. Well done. Much more interesting yes. than I was. <laughs> that's right.
0: Stand by, we are having technical difficulties. You're having technical difficulties. I'm having emotional ones.
1: <laughs> Is brown noise what makes you poop yourself? No, that's the brown note, uh, and it doesn't
0: exist. Does it? It's not real. Um, there are forms of audio weaponry. Mm, oh yeah, but that's not pooping yourself. But I don't it just hurts burns your skin. Like that's the one
1: that scares. The- oh, that's microwaves. Sorry, it's different again. Sorry,
0: yeah. you can burn your skin with a um, a, a, like a like a nebulizer type thing. I've got a thing that it gets water and it vibrates at like a zillion things a second, a ceramic disc, mm. and it turns water into water vapour, yeah. and it fills your atmosphere with like water vapour, and yeah. it just hydrates your air. But if you put your hand near it, it gets really hot really quickly and burns you.
1: Because that's what heat is. It's the transference of vibrations. Yep. So you're like, it's vibrating real quick, molecules are vibrating, I'm hot. Yep. That's, yeah, that's cool. Oh, there you go. I do like a, a fan to make white noise to block. I use it to block out noise, though. You can hear all the weird noises in the world and all the creaking and the groaning
0: and the screaming. And the... the frog princess got earplugs custom made for her. Mm. Expensive ones, like 70 bucks a pop mm. or something. And they were a bit hard for her initially, but now she wears them all the time and they are great. She can't, She's All of her problems about hearing stuff when she's trying to sleep, gone. I can't do that because I block out my hearing and then my brain's
1: like, there's a murderer Danger. right next to you. Danger. You can't hear
0: the murderer, but he's there with an axe. You can't hear the murder. It really freaks me out. I can't. Nobody can hear the murder.
1: The murder of pop. Yeah. Woke of shame.
0: Woke of shame. Woke of shame. Woke of shame. Yeah. There's a there's a Freudian slip. <laughs> right after people have too much empathy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>